This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Liam O'Rourke, author of Crazy Like a Fox, the definitive chronicle of Brian Pillman 20 years later, and you are listening to the Top Rope Nation. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Ladies and gentlemen, it is no time! Oh, no. Oh, yeah! I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah! Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best thing going today! wrestling fans this is it if you're a wrestling fan this is what you live for wrestlemania week is upon us this is episode 53 of the top rope nation podcast i'm your host ryan drosty joined here by my two co-hosts justin joint kyle ross in the house guys we are meeting up this weekend we are convening on the city of new orleans to bring a top rope nation party to bourbon street guys how's it going kyle what's going on tonight not much, man. No, uh, I told you beforehand, no alcohol tonight. I'm just slamming grape juice and cookies like a damn fiend <laughs> over here. I don't know what's wrong with me. I think I'm the only one that has had some adult beverages tonight. Uh, Justin, cross town for me there, trying to manage yourself before heading down to New Orleans. How's it going? Not too bad. Just uh, down in Zycam and vitamin C. as as us three have been getting ready for this big new orleans trip we have been like paranoid we're gonna get sick and it's gonna ruin the trip and luckily i'm feeling all right as of tuesday night smackdown just got over Uh, i know justin has been feeling a little under the weather but hopefully he'll be good to go we've got a packed lineup ahead of us Uh, i think all of us are getting to town kyle you getting to town thursday yes thursday late afternoon and we, Justin and I, we're flying down together. We are not hitting up any shows Thursday. Are you Are you going to any shows on Thursday night at all? Yeah, I'm going to the uh, WrestleCon Super Show that night. That's right. That's right. What's the big match that night? Uh, well, it was to be uh, the Golden Lovers, again, but uh, Chuck Taylor needs a partner. So yeah. we don't know. It's, it's going to be a mystery partner because Trent Barretta is uh, sitting out. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that looks to be a pretty good show. I saw the ticket sales are pretty strong for that, as they yeah, are for believe, all of them. Yeah, I believe that's it's completely sold out now, even the GA, as of earlier this week. So um, it'll be interesting. Yeah, they try to keep that show. Um, I did not go to it last year, but, you know, there's always a 10-man that they do that gets a lot of pub. And, 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 and there is, what, two actual matches announced, uh, Cobb and Ishii. And then uh, Janela's wrestling uh, Penta. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Guys, if you're a listener of the show, by the way, and you are in New Orleans this weekend, and you want to buy us a drink, 
or just say hey <laughs> whatever hit us up at top rope pod on twitter we are looking forward to this trip uh, i know kyle was at mania weekend last year and justin and i were home by ourselves on twitter jealous at all the action that kyle was taking in so we decided to take it upon ourselves to get down there this year it's going to be the first time that us three from the podcast after doing this thing for about the last year and a half of all convened in one spot and partaken in some adult beverages and professional wrestling i am pumped for this guys i got the days off of work it's gonna be a party for four days straight um i think this is probably the best lineup as far as surrounding wrestlemania they've there's ever been just insane amount of shows all through town uh a little bit worried about getting around to be honest with you guys because these shows are like nowhere close to each other looking at the map in new orleans you got ring of honor in one spot you've got uh like the wrestlecon and wwn stuff in the other area then you got wrestlemania at the superdome of course uh so i think uber is going to be getting a lot of my my dollars this weekend but justin and i uh the first show we are going to will be thursday at progress I know uh, our guy Derek Schropel from the Oversaw podcast will be joining us there. Kyle, what do you got going on Thursday? Why are you not joining us at Progress? Friday. Or Friday, I mean. You know, I'm going to be, you know, New Orleans, believe it or not, I know this could be sacrilege. Sometimes I'm going to do some non-wrestling things, all right? I'm going to go on a speedboat through the swamp on Friday afternoon. It's going to be fun. That's right. And there's not, it's, it's looking like it might be raining, so. Well, the forecast is cleaning up, or uh, clearing up, pardon me. Don't you guys try to rain on my parade, literally, <laughs> figuratively. All right, I'm going to get on that goddamn boat, and I'm going to have myself a goddamn good afternoon, okay? And that's final. <laughs> That, that progress show, that progress show at noon on Friday is looking pretty strong. I'm looking at the website right now. They don't really have any matches specifically announced, but we know we're getting Pete Dunn. We're getting Will Ospreay. Uh, Matt Riddle is going to be there, who we're also going to be seeing at the Mercury Rising show Friday night, which I assume is the first time we're all going to meet up because, Kyle, you will be at Mercury Rising, correct? Yeah, we should do something beforehand. I don't know. I guess we should probably work on that. We, let's not go through our plans. Like, as far <laughs> as, like, me, I mean, we should talk about the shows, but I, I don't think we'll be like, yeah, man, I'll call you at 530. I don't know if the listeners are too inclined <laughs> to hear that. But, uh, yeah, we should meet up beforehand. And, but the real key to me, Friday night, what I've been laughing about here uh, in anticipation is, will we be feeling it and just decide to stay for the Janela Spring Break show after Mercury right after the WWN Super Show. That to me is the big question of the weekend. Will we all wind up staying for Spring Break too? I don't. I don't know if Justin was part of this. He was not. He definitely wasn't part of the conversation. I can't remember. I think this was off air last week when we were interviewing Liam. By the way, check that out in the archives. We interviewed uh, Liam O'Rourke, who wrote the Brian Pillman book that's getting all the pub right now, and rightfully so. Excellent wrestling biography. That was on last week's show, episode fifty-two. Uh, we were talking off air, and Kyle's like, I think we'll, I'm probably going to hit up that Joey Janela Spring Break show. It's in the same venue as uh, Mercury Rising, and I'm like, I can already see this happening. Where us three are there, and Kyle convinces us after a few beverages to just stay and, and enjoy a Joey Janela Spring Break, break, which I think is actually one of the most anticipated shows of the weekend from what I've been seeing on Twitter. I believe of the WWN shows, it's leading in ticket sales. 
Yeah, that's right. So, Justin, I did not drop this news on you yet. <laughs> Oops. Um, <laughs> but we are going to be there. We do have a – we got something. I don't want to give away our whole itinerary like Kyle was saying. We have something planned on Saturday morning. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what your thoughts are, Justin, but the spring break show is sounding like it might happen. If if there's tickets available at the door, what are your thoughts? I'm, I'm open to it. I- I don't. I don't really know anything about it, or like who's going to be there, or what time. So or who? Not, but... Let him you know, got Kyle. Walt. You got Walter versus Quebecer Pierre Carl Ouellette. That's all you need to know. <laughs> this is the sneaky, most anticipated match of the weekend. I was happy that uh, PCO was nominated. Was nominated. Uh, was announced for a show here in Cleveland, uh, AIW, the local promotion, on April twentieth which I'm probably going to go to now. Nice. Is that the show? That spring break show is the one Ellsworth is going to be at, right? Yes. Uh, James Ellsworth is uh, working Matt Riddle on that show. <laughs> what a match. Yeah. What a it's, weekend it's, right there. You know, the whole key is, you know, people have been talking about this because, you know, there's been some debate. The sales have been slow on the two Evolve shows. Um, you know, you really kind of need to do something different this weekend. I mean, with so many choices and Janela, you know, he made a name for himself by doing that spring break show. It was so much different than everything else. It's a late night show. The vibe is great. So yeah, I'm leaning to it. My buddy Chad is also, uh, he'll be amping up the peer pressure on you guys too. I'm sure. <laughs> Speaking of evolve, I'm pretty sure it was evolve last year. Uh, I remember, I think it was Friday. I didn't have to work and I subscribed to, uh, uh, Flow Slam, I think it was. That was that <laughs> was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what happened to those guys? But uh, they they were streaming like all the indie shows last weekend, and I turned on like the Friday. I think Kyle, you had like just got to town, and I'm pretty sure it was an evolved show. It was Thursday or Friday, and you were like right in front of the hard camera. And I remember I was texting you like, "Dude, are you like four or five rows back from the ring on the floor?" And that was you. You're right there, front and center. Well, we were like front row, like when uh, Drew McIntyre. Kyle drove Matt Riddle through that table. It was like right at our feet. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty crazy. That's a good mm-hmm. shows. Yeah, this is gonna be gonna be a hell of a weekend. We got and Ring then, of Honor Saturday night, takeover. Yeah, and I was gonna say, and you know, so stereotypical of any wrestling podcast, you know, two thirds of the hosts are going to ROH and then the <laughs> other one is going to take over. That's such a hard decision, you know. I mean, I think um you know, part of my reasoning for going to WrestleCon Thursday, that was kind of a late decision that I made as of a couple of weeks ago, was to see Omega and Abushi because I'm not going to um, obviously be seeing Omega work Cody at the Ring of Honor show. So kind of wanted a sample of everything. So I'm kind of satisfied with my own decisions, and I'm really looking forward to TakeOver now, uh, now that Gargano and Ciampa has been officially announced. Yeah, when we bought our tickets, uh, takeover like the prices were through the roof. It sold out. There were still uh, tickets available at a reasonable price for Ring of Honor. So Justin, you were like, "Yeah, I'm good with whatever." And the takeover show hadn't really been f- completely fleshed out yet. Like we kind of were pretty sure Gargano and Ciampa were working, and maybe Ricochet would be part, but they hadn't announced it yet. So we bought Ring of. Hon- I can't be disappointed. This is the biggest Ring of Honor show of all time. I mean, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, in terms of ticket sales, yeah, it's already shattered their record from last year. So, yeah, I think I think we're planning on going to Ring of Honor and then coming back to where we're staying and then watching Takeover like immediately when we get back. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. It's funny. I'm staying in a house with like eight guys, and just me and my one buddy Chad are the only ones doing Takeover. The other six are all going to be at the ROA, or all going to be at the Ring of Honor show. So, I can't go wrong either way. Yeah. 
yeah, I think it's it's the hardest decision for everyone there. So, uh, and but you can't go wrong. So we can all share stories afterwards. That's right, guys. If you like listening to three guys talk about their itinerary for wrestling traveling, go ahead and subscribe on iTunes in the Top <laughs> Rope Nation podcast. Give us five stars. Uh, you can find us on Stitcher Radio, Spotify, we're on TuneIn Radio, and then TopRopeNation.com. Uh, you can find all the links there as well. We've got merch, whatever you need. Uh, guys, I think we should probably just get to WrestleMania now, talk about what happened on television this week. That's what everyone's tuning in for. I feel pretty strongly, before we get into this too far, I got to say, and Justin kind of inspired me here, we've been talking about on the show for weeks now on how this WrestleMania was shaping up as one of the best in years. And I wrote an article on popculture.com the other day, and I kind of like ran the numbers, looked through all the old WrestleMania cards. I'm pretty confident in saying I think this is the most stacked WrestleMania card of all time. I think the only other one that really gives it a run for its money is 19 on the surface. That doesn't mean it's going to be the best WrestleMania because we've got to see how the matches shake out. But I just wanted to throw that to you guys right away. I mean, Justin kind of inspired me. Like I said, he said, you know, take a look at the matches on the card, how many of them legit could have main evented. And that's what I did. I went through and just kind of tallied for each show. And Mania 34, we got five matches that legitimately could be the main event of the show. And I, I can't find a WrestleMania in history that approaches that at all. There's a couple with four um, but man, this, this card is freaking stacked. I am pumped to be there in person at the Superdome. Either you chime in. What are your thoughts as far as how this is shaping up historically? I, I would say even, uh, six matches could be argued. Um, Charlotte Flair versus Oscar could, could headline with, you know, with all the, uh, yeah, uh yeah. first time women stuff they've been doing. The problem is that they didn't start building it until, you know, a few weeks ago, if they would have like started building it right after Royal rumble, I, I definitely think an argument could be made for that one, but yeah, five or six matches. Um, it, it's it stacked. And even like all the other matches outside of really the U S title match, which even that at least has Rusev in it. Um, there's really nothing. It's going to be tough to go to the bathroom at the show. <laughs> Yeah, I, I struggled with that. Actually, I did think about throwing Charlotte Asuka in, in my list, but then I I tossed it just because a women's match has never headlined a WrestleMania. So I felt like in good faith, if I'm really like going by the numbers here, I, I couldn't put that in. But I, I totally get where you're coming from there. And that's a huge match, too. Kyle, what do you yeah. think? Yeah, I mean, to jump in, it's, I'm glad that Justin mentioned that because there's a case to be made that on paper, that's the biggest one-on-one women's match they've ever done. In company history. Oh, yeah. When you look at how the two are promoted. Um, we'll get into this a little bit later on. I actually think that the match, you know, maybe there's a reason that it hasn't been promoted as much as it could have been. I, I think this is no disrespect to either performer. It could be the most disappointing match on the card. I know that's something that, you know, whatever we, we do in the podcast world, we have to... some give somebody that dishonor. And I think it might be that match, but yeah, to your original point, Ryan, I'll take it just one step, you know, above. I don't, I can't remember the last time I look this much forward to a WWF card ever. Yeah, Even it's been back. a long time. Yeah. Yeah. WWF, WWE, whatever you want. I, I, I really can't remember. You talk about the top five matches. Okay. WrestleMania 19, you brought that up. You had Brock and Kurt, you had Sean and Jericho. You had 
uh, Hulk and Vince. You had Austin and Rock. So that's three. You know, it's funny. Uh, Place to be Nation just did their top WWE wrestler of all time list. Greatest WWE wrestler of all time list. And those four matches right there of those four, you have three pitting guys that were in the top 20. And then Hogan and Hogan was obviously near the the top. And Vince is the, you know, arguably the most important person in the history of professional wrestling, probably inarguably. Uh, The fifth match, you had Hogan and Hogan, Triple H and Booker, which (laughs) fell short for a variety of reasons. Uh, The build was (laughs) the, the, the build was, how shall we say, not appropriate. Uh, the finish was bad. Oh, yeah, so, for Booker to not go over in that match was mind-boggling. Well, well, look, that's this, this is a different podcast for a different time. <laughs> it's a match that should not have been booked because the thing was is they wanted someone, a champion strong for Goldberg to eventually beat in 2003, which is the right call. Again, different podcast for a different day. Booker should just not have been in that position um, if you were just basically going to throw a challenger out there to lose to Triple H. But that's the sort of story. Other than that, though, like you look at the two... WrestleManias that are kind of the all-timers, three and seventeen, they were not nearly as deep as this one was. Now, seventeen had the TLC, you know, it had Vince and Shane, you know, but like Angle and Benoit on that show was nowhere near as big a deal as AJ and Shinsuke is being presented on this show. Mm-hmm. And the TLC was kind of like a throw. To be honest with you, people don't talk about this at all because the way that show's been, you know, lionized through the years. The build for WrestleMania 17, save for that Rock Austin sit down interview, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but Limp Biscuit video mm-hmm. was was actually terrible. Like, go back and watch the TV. The build for that show was was not good. Drugged Linda so McMahon. Star- Okay, I'll, I'll say this: the <laughs> highlight, the highlight of Linda McMahon's career is getting up out of that chair without question. That, that I don't care what anyone says. That is a great professional wrestling spot. But yeah, to to bring it all back around, I think it's not just how top heavy this show is, but how deep it is. I mean, you look at matches like the SmackDown tag titles, the Intercontinental. I mean, these are like really good matches on paper that are you know seventh or eighth from the top. You don't see that very often. It, it, uh, you know, I'll be very blunt. If you're not excited about this show, I, I'm not sure you should be watching WWE. Exactly. Stop I, watching I re- now. Yeah, yeah I, I really don't know what to say. I mean, it, it's just not a product for you. I mean, this is what they do. And, and you know, in terms of WWE card, I like I said, can't remember what I've looked forward to this much. And it's not, ju- not just because I'm going to be there either. It's just it's stacked. So I, I have a question, guys. Normally, at least in the past, uh, uh, I would say seven WrestleManias, normally two or three matches will get around 20 minutes, uh, and then the rest are, you know, around 10 or below. If you have to, if you, if you have to guess or if you have to choose what two or three matches are going to get the time in this loaded WrestleMania Man, it's funny you say that because that's what I thought of instantly when Kyle remarked that uh, Asuka and Charlotte might get shortchanged a little bit or maybe it it won't live up to what it could be. And I think, unfortunately, that's because the card is so – there's so many so many matches on the card. We got 14 matches, I think, three of them on the pre-show. Uh, yeah, like you said, Justin, they're going to have to cut time somewhere. And I think as I look down the card – Unfortunately, 
it's probably going to be one of the women's matches, and honestly, one of the best matches to shorten up there would probably be Nia and Alexa, just to put over yes. Nia strong. Oh well, well, we'll come back to that when we talk about the match. I agree with you on the match, but not where you're going. Okay. Well, we will go through our match, match by match predictions eventually, so we can we can save that there. I'd, I'd also think probably one of the tag team matches is going to be fairly short, especially. Uh, maybe the raw tag team match, depending on who, depending on who uh, Strowman yeah. picks, that's probably going to be a, a pretty short match. What do you think, Kyle? Here's, well, here's a concept. <laughs> Why does every match have to be? You can tell a good story in under twenty minutes, folks. It used to happen all the time. Mm-hmm. Trim the fat, you know. Yeah. Tighten up, you know. Just, I think, I don't think a lot of these matches do need to go twenty minutes when you think about it. Does the Rousey tag need to go 20 minutes? No. no. Uh, Bro- Brock and Roman doesn't need to go 20 minutes. Nope. Uh, I don't think the Daniel Bryan match needs to go 20 minutes. Nope. That's why I, I think there's there's really only two. To, to put this WrestleMania over is I, I think you'd want to give the time to Styles Nakamura and the Intercontinental title match. I think everything else can be 10 to 15 minutes. What about Cena Taker, which is going to happen? Um, I, I don't see any reason why that needs to be more than 15 minutes. The yeah, entrances will be at least 10 minutes. Yeah, and I guess, <laughs> you know, the thing is we have no, you know, judging from his condition the last several WrestleManias, you know, can Taker go 20 anymore? Although, <laughs> heaven forbid, they gave him freaking 30 with Shane at WrestleMania 32. Talk about a match that didn't need to be that long. I got a question on that, actually, because I was going back and I was researching The Undertaker and what he's been up to over the last year. Did he actually have hip surgery? Because I found like a lot of conflicting reports on that where people had said, you know, he was spotted at this hospital. But if he actually had hip surgery, I'm not sure that he would be ready to go this year. So I don't know if he just had like something minor. Because that's been one of the reasons his performance has been so bad as his hip has been bothering him so much i don't know if either of you kyle if you know if he actually had the surgery i I don't know no but uh, if he actually had the surgery and he's recovered we could be getting a really good performance out of him but man if he hasn't got that fixed i don't see any reason to believe this is going to be any better than last year's performance Oh God, it's gotta be. I mean, that was bad. <laughs> I mean, he's gotta oh. be motivated to to come out and and do a better job, of course. And he's in there with a good dancing partner and Cena. But uh, I mean, we're not we're not probably going to be seeing a four plus star match here. Are are we ready to talk about that match, or are we are we waiting? Because I I have something to say about it. Uh, I don't, I don't, whatever you guys feel like, we're kind of kind of just rolling Shoot. here. I do I do want to go like match by match match at some point. Go ahead, what's on your He's mind? Shooting. Don't forget. Go ahead, do it. Okay, it, the the interesting thing is up and down as the build for it has been. It's it's kind of cool how they're doing it. Where I think it's going to come down to like, and this is going to be a first time in WrestleMania history. The match is not set, and I think what's going to happen is Cena kind of set it up on Raw where. It's it's you know, he said Atlanta couldn't get it done. Detroit couldn't get it done. uh, So forth and so on. It's like so I think it's going to be where like he's going to call on the WrestleMania crowd to bring out the taker. And I think, you know, I think that's how it's going to start. And yeah, oh, God, I hope we get the gong and not the American badass. (laughs) But it's, it's funny you say that, because I think the way they've built it 
and the way I imagine this going at WrestleMania, I mean, make no mistake about it. it the match is happening, and it, it's fairly obvious it's going to happen as much television time has been spent on it. But I, I, I just imagine Cena coming out, like making one last hurrah to try to convince him to come out, and then some like spectacular light show with lightning and smoke and just like really over the top production and taker comes out. And I just, I know everyone's been talking about the American badass taker coming out. If that happens, like the way they've built it to this ultimate moment where he finally comes out, I just think you can do so much more with, with the special effects and stuff of, of the dead man version of the undertaker that I can't imagine they do this kind of build to get, taker coming out on, on a on a motorcycle i don't know kyle your thoughts what if john cena refuses to get up for the national anthem and that's how the undertaker returns <laughs> <laughs> is taker packing heat as he walks down yeah. to the ring yeah. as the recent photos of him have shown he likes to do yeah <laughs> i'm a little worried with it so but it's funny that uh <laughs> justin wanted to go to this match right now because as he started talking and he's like, well, it's not officially been announced. It just occurred to me. Yeah. They didn't do anything about that on SmackDown. Did they, (laughs) you know, when Cena walked off on raw, I was like, okay, well he'll do it on SmackDown. Then that didn't happen. Did it (laughs) come to think of it? So yeah, we're going into WrestleMania without the, I hope they don't do a thing where like we're checking in with John Cena eating popcorn in between matches like every time that could get a little hokey i'm I'm a little leery that john has done an app and people need to understand this because cena is like the most criticized wrestler of all time unfairly criticized wrestler of all time john cena has done one of the most incredible jobs in building this match by himself that i've seen i mean his promo work has been outstanding i mean as far as summarizing all the key points and angles and storylines there just aren't a lot of guys in the history of this business who can do it i mean it, it the one that comes to mind was brett Hart when he turned heel in 90 and he cut that phenomenal promo the night after wrestlemania 13 but i mean john's promos week in week out he's knocked it out of the park i think we talked i think the first one he did directed at the undertaker we were on the show here talking about one of the best promos of his career that week yeah. I, I loved last night. I thought it was just great. And and, and it's so funny. No, no one's talking about this. John Cena's getting cheered regularly. Oh, yeah. Now, I, I mean, you know, the idea that, you know, Cena, he's not over or whatever. I mean, stop it. Yeah, I think the way they've built this match, again, is a testament to how stacked the card is that they don't even feel like they have to promote that freaking John Cena versus the Undertaker is for sure happening. Like there's no they, other year they could they could promote this match this way. Okay, that is such a great point because we talk about how top heavy the card is with the five matches. They've done an excellent job spreading out the announcements of those five matches. We had Shinsuke winning the Rumble. You can go all the way back to January to set up the Styles match. Uh Ronda that was Elimination Chamber that kind of came into focus. Uh, Reigns won the match, won the Elimination Chamber. Uh, and then uh, Daniel Bryan comes back three weeks ago for that match. So, I mean, they've done a great job in as far as like spreading out these main event angles. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I just I don't see any other year this could happen this way, and it's obviously happening. There's no way they would build it up this way. I'm I am very very curious as a fan to see how they how the payoff happens. Kyle, do you think there's any chance it's not the Dead Man Undertaker? Yeah, I think there's a chance. Sure. And if like if you had to predict, do you think it's going to be the Dead Man or the Biker Taker? Fifty fifty. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I, I really don't. I I, I don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm leaning very... more like 70-30 in favor of the dead man. Okay. I'm, I'm very, very interested how they do this. It's all in execution because you said it. They've never really done this before. Certainly not on a show this big where you have two guys this high up the pecking order having an unannounced match. Yeah. Quote unquote unannounced. I think. You know, if you follow this stuff closely, you know it's going to happen. Well, we'll we'll know we're in trouble if uh, Cena comes out during a Kid Rock performance. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and and I've heard people postulate that. So, are, well, we, are we making predictions, guys? Go ahead. Oh, uh, I'll let you lead it off. Well, shit. Um, <laughs> Or before uh, we get know, to the prediction of the match, I could go with this because I did. I kind of wanted to roll this conversation to another topic. Does this match main event, or what do you guys think should be the main event if it's not? Well, what what I think should be the main event and what will be the main event are probably two different things. Um, I, I think for sure Lesnar Reigns is going to be the last match of the show. But, uh, man, I, I don't think there's anything bigger than Daniel Bryan's return. I mean, I, I'm guessing that'll either close or open the show. I think, and we'll get into this when we go by the match, by match predictions, because of the way I think the Daniel Bryan match is going to end, it's not going to close the show. It can't, uh, it's Justin's right. It's going to be Reigns and Lesnar. It's a match. The promotion is built for three years and it's the most important match to them. And it should close. Okay. Yeah, if that closes, which I agree is probably also going to be the closing match. I talked about this a couple weeks ago on the podcast. If that's closing, I kind of want to see Styles Nakamura be the first match. What do you guys think about that? I'm I'm old school enough that I hate when they open with the world title match. I remember when they did it with Edge, Alberto Del Rio at 27, and I think I'm still mad about it. Mm -hmm. I I just don't like the idea. I just feel like they deserve a lot of time. They're probably going to get a lot of time. They're going to try to tear the house down. And I worry about if it's not in the main event slot, the crowd kind of being burned out, you know, waiting for the end of the show. I feel like if if they come out hot out of the gate with that first, it might have a better chance to to steal the show, to be honest with you, even though it would be the first match. But It's an important spot, the opening spot. I just mm, – I think it's – too anticipated actually to put the opening slot yeah that's like to, that's true. to some to some people that's the main event oh yeah oh yeah i i'm i'm guessing that for justin I'm, i don't want to put words in your mouth i'm guessing maybe you think that should be the main event i think it should be the main event personally like if i was booking i think it's going to be the best match on the show but i also understand the way they book and how they've built lane uh lames <laughs> reigns lesnar and uh i think that's almost certainly going to be the main event. Justin, what, what were you going to say you want to be the main event? Daniel Bryan. I, like, I think that's the, the biggest match on the card. 
Okay. For me personally, I guess. Yeah. I guess that makes sense too. I, th- I think back to SummerSlam 2002 and they had Michael's return and that didn't headline. They're, they're always more apt to put the title match last unless um, you had like last year with the Undertaker's semi-retirement deal and it had to go on last. But And it was Roman Reigns. Yeah. So the only other match besides Reigns and Lesnar that can headline is AJ and Shinsuke or the mixed tag could conceivably headline. Yeah, just because the star power, Ronda Rousey being involved. Yeah, and, and, and obviously they, they have very big things in mind for this whole Ronda-Stephanie dynamic. Mm-hmm. I don't think that one's going to headline just because it's her first match. I, you know, it's just it's kind of risky to put her in that slot, but I understand the argument. Agreed. Yeah, because I, of the star power. All right, so if, if Nakamura and Styles don't open the show, anyone have any thoughts as to what should open the show? U.S. title, provided Rusev is going over. If Rusev is not going over in that match, then it can be put in the throwaway slot. But I think Rusev winning a title would be a great way to get the crowd going. I'm just glad that he was added to the match because Rusev has been so criminally underutilized over the last couple of months. And I agree. Let's get Rusev winning that match and let's get a tank out there just for the hell of it. Yeah. It's really funny, too. There's been a real mea culpa, I think, in the New York booking office here. If you read Meltzer and listen to some other reports that this was a late decision in the game based on merchandising that the company took note of how well those Rusev Day shirts are selling. And that's why he was added to this match. And you got to think when someone's added late like that, it's to win the match, right? Orton's not winning for sure. I I think his part of this story was him just winning the U.S. title, right? Just to kind of add it to his resume. It was the one title that escaped him. Whatever, it's it's an okay story. I don't see Jinder winning either. So it's between Rude and Rusev. Uh, If it's me, I have Rusev go over here. It's a great way to fire up the crowd, like I said early. And I have Bobby Roode turn heel on TV then, and they're kind of that's your feud for the U.S. title. Because Bobby Roode, it's funny, there's a lot of guys, a lot of heels in the company I've been talking about who would probably be better as baby faces. Bobby Roode's a baby face that would be better as a heel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I like everything. I agree with everything you just said there. I, I like Rusev because the match isn't particularly interesting going in, but Rusev's been a really interesting character on television and rude sucks as a baby face. So I like him turning heel and that being your program, Justin. Yeah. I think for me, it comes down to, uh, gender Rusev. I, I like the, uh, the Rusev rude feud idea. I think that's good. Um, but yeah, R- Rusev getting added, they've, they've heard the, uh, the universe loud and clear. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we shit on him a lot on this show, but let me give Randy Orton some props. The RKO may be the most over finisher since Jake Roberts DDT in this company. I'm telling you, man, he can be just dead in the water doing nothing. And he hits that. I mean, that was a great spot tonight on SmackDown when he came out of nowhere and hit Rusev with it. Mm -hmm. Man, 
I mean, give the devil his due. When he hit that RKO, man, I mean, he's made for life with that thing. Yeah, I agree. I can't disagree with that. That's a great move. Great. I think think Rollins' curb stomp is pretty awesome, too, and I'm glad they went back to that because that's another one that just completely comes out of nowhere. Well, yeah, I'm not saying that it's like the greatest finishing move. I'm just saying in terms of being like over and no, always oh, getting yeah. reaction. Yeah. I mean, the arc hit, remember that there was those memes that like of, you know, just him randomly, like him being edited into other video and RKO yeah. people. I mean, you don't see that for a lot of finishing moves, man. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I agree. I agree. It's an awesome finish. Uh, I think we should talk about start off as we go through these matches let's let's talk about the three matches that are gonna be on the kickoff show which they've already oh that's right yes yes so we got the two battle royals and we've got the cruiserweight title match which you guys have spoken really highly about the uh the cruiserweight tournament that's been going on on 205 live i have not been following that as closely as you guys have but we got cedric alexander and mustafa ali probably will be a really good match any any thoughts on the winner there guys I'm torn, man. I I like both these guys a lot, and uh, Mustafa Ali especially has has blown me away. They've really done some cool. Uh, I'm assuming they look like they're self-made vignettes with their their cell phones or something. But he's had some really cool ones there. Yes, I I, I think this is going to be a great match, especially since it's on the kickoff show, and they're going to get some time. Um, but uh, I I'll go uh, I'll go Mustafa Ali. I th- I think, I think he's got some momentum here. What you're saying is this is going to give us a reason to get to the Superdome on time two hours before. 100%. We're, we're, we're going to be there for the kickoff show, homie. <laughs> we're going to be there at 11 a.m., guys. So so, so <laughs> uh, take it from me, guys, as somebody who was there last year. We, and we got there pretty early, I think. I caught the entire pre-show. Um, get there early. You know, I'm a guy who gets to any sporting event, like, right before the game starts, you know. Uh but this is something you would trust me. It's it's if, especially if you're not going to go like next year, make it a habit every year. You want to get there well in advance, get your seats, get your beer, and, and get ready. And uh, I'm with Justin. I think Ali's done better work overall, both promos and in ring than Alexander. Not by a huge margin, but it's been better his work compared to Cedric. The more important thing than who wins, though. I think we should all agree on this, is the commitment to the winner. We don't need a guy winning here and then losing in a couple weeks. Based on kind of the whole reboot to the division, the importance they've stressed on the tournament, whoever they go with to win this match, go with, for God's sake. Let them get a good run, build them up. You know, don't do another TJP situation where he, like, loses the title in a couple weeks to, like, frickin' Brian Kendrick. Because that was a disaster. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna go with Mustafa Ali if I have to pick, just based on some stuff I've read, and he's getting he seems to be getting more of a push in recent weeks. Like he's kind of snuck up on Alexander, who maybe looked like the guy who was gonna win a few weeks back. You guys, this is the right fight. This is the right final match. I think anyone who's watched the tournament can tell you that this is the final match. That when I saw the brackets, I was like. Okay, I think it should be Ali and Cedric, and it is. So I'm happy. Who you got winning then, Justin? I had Ali. Ali, and then Kyle, your pick was? Ali. Okay, so we're all with Ali. All right, Andre the Giant Battle Royal, and this is happening just a couple days before the big HBO documentary premieres. 
Um, and let's see, who do we have announced so far? We got Dolph Ziggler, Matt Hardy, The Revival, Mojo Rawley, Baron Corbin, Goldust, Ty Dillinger, and both members of Rezango. What do you think, Kyle? Who's going over? Nobody that you just read. <laughs> Some surprise entrant. There's a lot of guys I've been reading on PW Insider and other places that have been backstage and quote unquote waiting to be medically cleared. It's it's gonna be one of two unannounced guys, I think, either Big Cass or Samoa Joe. And I lean towards Big Cass. That makes sense. That's interesting you say that because these guys have also been rumored to be the surprise uh, tag team partner for Braun Strowman, which we'll get to. So yeah. depending on who they go with there, I, I, I like Big Cass as the pick. He makes sense. You know, he was getting because, a pretty big push before. Well, and, and if you remember, like this is he needs a jump start a lot more than Samoa Joe did. Joe has kind of been penciled in if you look at the house show lineups post-Mania mm-hmm. with some of the big names like Roman Reigns. Cass is, you know... <laughs> elephant in the room we've got to get the stink of enzo off of him so you you gotta get you you need something to jump start him there was also the report that uh vinnie mac was a pretty big fan of the ultimate ultimate deletion which we never talked about on the podcast i think the big thing he was a fan of was uh the interest it drew on social media yes so i don't know maybe matt hardy could have an outside okay an outside shot Still probably a long shot, but... Yeah, but no, no. I mean, because what I did was mere conjecture. I mean, it could be, like, really stupid and everyone could listen. Like, what, you know, after the show, Big Cass doesn't even show up. Everyone's like, what a fucking asshole that guy was on the podcast. <laughs> but Matt, of the announced guys, I think only Matt Hardy has a chance of winning. Yeah, because Baron's won it before. And, man, do like, by the way, Baron like, Corbin has really freaking sank down the card in recent weeks. And that's a goddamn shame. This guy's a good modern heel, and I'll keep stumping that to the day I croak. <laughs> they should have never changed his entrance, by the way. No, it's bad. Wow. I, the, the new song is bad. Yeah, I would, I would say, I would argue that uh, every winner of the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal has kind of been cursed. <laughs> Maybe yeah. we should keep Big Cass far away then. Yeah, I was no, like, no, give it to Big Cass. <laughs> no, just Justin's right, and I'll throw it back to him. No one has been able to really run with this thing. I mean, Cesaro did not have a good year after he won it. Uh, and then the big show kind of was just the big show in 2015. And then who do you, you had Corbin and then Mojo last year, who is definitely doing nothing. Mm-hmm. That was a photo op with Gronk. Yeah. Uh, this gimmick's hurting, especially because they put everyone of any importance not in it. Yeah, I think I I definitely think it comes down to either Hardy, Samoa Joe, or Big Cass. At least with Samoa Joe, you can say, well, he he won this and went right to title shot with uh, Roman Reigns. Yeah. All right, and the women's battle royal, previously the fabulous Moolah, but to be no longer the fabulous <laughs> We have, and just like we predict on the show, no room on the card for Sasha and Bailey, as we talked about three or four weeks ago. So they are in the women's battle royal on the kickoff show. Uh, so expect some heat between the two. And uh, this match, we got Becky Lynch, uh, Naomi, Natalia, and the Riot Squad. So far, I'm, I'm 
fairly certain you can expect some NXT women to be brought up for this match as well. Uh, you would expect Sasha and Bailey to most likely cost each other um, their chance at winning here, I would think. I, I would really like to see Becky Lynch maybe win just because they've done absolutely nothing with her for months and months and months. I like but, where your head's at. Yeah, but that just because they've done so little with her for the last several months, I'm not too confident she would actually win. I guess if I were booking, I, I would put Becky Lynch on there. Yeah, I think there's there's only four women that have a chance at this, and it's uh, Bailey and Sasha to continue their feud. Which either way, you know, whether one of them wins it or if they both just cost each other the the win. And then uh, Becky Lynch and Natalia. And Natalia just because of, you know, how long and her history with the company. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I agree with you, though. I'm going Becky Lynch. Now, would Natalia reprise her farting gimmick from 2012 <laughs> just, just to get everyone that. out of the ring? <laughs> Kyle texted like, me that during SmackDown tonight. Remember when Natalia had the farting gimmick? <laughs> uh, so I, I don't think Natty has any chance of winning this, quite frankly. Uh, it's... I agree with you two that Bailey and Sasha, certainly that's the heat coming into the match. Becky, I think, is an excellent choice. And like Ryan, she would be mine. Uh, Similar to the Andre, there's always that wild card of an unannounced person, like an NXT uh, choice. Like Ember Moon is probably losing the NXT women's title Saturday night. And I envision her being main roster bound. I don't see the program with Shayna Baszler continuing at NXT. I just don't. So she's an option. But I, I kind of just will parrot what Ryan said. To me, because you've already sort of, although the face-heel alignment is not defined yet with the Bailey-Sasha feud, because they're already feuding, per se, I don't see either of them winning. Had they not done the locker room fight two weeks ago, I could have seen Bailey finally turn, quote-unquote, on Sasha and eliminate her for the win. But, yeah, give it to Becky Lynch, who has just been criminally underutilized uh, ever since losing the SmackDown Women's title to Alexa Bliss over a year ago. All right. So let's roll this into the Raw Tag Team title match. Um, And let's talk right away about the Braun Strowman mystery partner. So... It makes all the sense in the world for this to be Elias, even though they've had the feud. Mm. We've got the stand-up bass combining with the guitar. We've got, we've got the two musical instruments that they've, they've used in the past. They can unite as a musical group here. Uh, Elias has been one of the, fa- I think, one of the fast-rising stars on Raw, and he doesn't really have a spot on the WrestleMania card, so this is a good way to interject him. Um, I think they would be hesitant partners. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how they actually get there to Braun having picked him. I think. I think it would be a good team. I think it's either going to be Elias or Samoa Joe. I don't know if you guys have thoughts on who he's going to be picking here. I've, I've got lots of thoughts on it. Uh, first off, I want to start off because uh, Kyle said that a starting the show off with the U.S. title match with Rusev would be a good idea. This was my thought: was you, you started off with Braun coming out first just to pop the crowd right away um as far as tag team partner goes i don't really like the elias thing it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me it's like yeah they had a quick feud but to be partners i don't know i I think that's they're better separate i I think you have to go with 
someone, I mean, I think I, it has to be James Ellsworth. <laughs> that's what, that's who, no, I'm dead serious. It has to be somebody who just stands there. It doesn't get tagged in. I mean, otherwise you have to do like a big, you know, monster, monster thing with like maybe big Cass or uh, Samoa Joe, but I, Braun Strowman needs to stand out in this match and just have somebody, you know, I, I actually thought it was going to either be Ellsworth or, um, uh, who do you throw through the wall this week? Oh, I'm having uh, a brain fart Kurt, right now. Kurt Hawkins. Yeah, Kurt Hawkins. Yes. I thought it was going to either be Ellsworth or Hawkins, but that's, yeah, I don't know, man. I'd, I'd rather go with some, like, just pick, like, a ring announcer to be his tag team partner. Okay. I have a buddy who was convinced it was going to be Ellsworth for, like, three weeks. I don't think it's going to be Ellsworth. <sighs> This is the only match on the card where I'm kind of scratching my head at the booking. I don't know if I like it because I don't know if I want Braun Strowman to be involved in a tag team situation. But at the same time, given the mystery partner gimmick, I don't see him not winning this. You know, I mean, when has there ever been a mystery partner gimmick and it doesn't go over? Right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that would be weird if he announces a mystery partner and the bar still wins. Mm-hmm. So I've heard Rey Mysterio's name floated out there. That could be something. I think the Braun Ray dynamic would work. Dean Ambrose is another name who we've heard. OK, he was been hanging around. Is he maybe not out as long as we thought? He was injured by the bar, so the storyline that would make sense, I do not think it's going to be Elias. Elias is going to do a concert, and you know the rumor and innuendo trademark Conrad Thompson says The Rock could get involved. So I, I think even if it, The Rock doesn't get involved, I think like it's gonna, Elias is going to do a, some kind of concert where you know at very worst or best, depending on your takes, Jeff Jarrett or Kid Rock gets involved or. I don't know. I, I believe I, Elias is not going to wrestle on this show. I don't believe. I believe he's going to do a song and dance routine to break up the matches, you know, to break up the card, so to speak. You think that's a huge missed opportunity to have him not have a match on the biggest show of the year, given how no. fast yeah. he's been rising in popularity? No, because that's his gimmick. I, I think if he. Let's say The Rock does show up. I think that's a much bigger deal for him than working a tag title match with Braun yeah. Strowman. Yeah, if he ends up with like a, a you know ten to fifteen minute segment with him just in the ring starting the music, and somebody runs in, I mean that's bigger than you know some random tag team match. Yeah, and to be honest, the interest in Elias is the pre match stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the, the, I mean he's a good he's a good solid hand, but you know the crowd is far more into him pre match than during the match. In my opinion, yeah, I think I think I agree. If if The Rock is involved with him, that's bigger than anything he could have done on the show. If it's Jeff Jarrett or Kid Rock, eh, I'd rather have him involved in the tag team title match personally. But yeah. with The so, Rock, yes. I guess I didn't make a pick, and because, like I said, this is the one match that I just when Braun kind of won that tag team battle royal, I was like, eh, do I like this direction? So. I, I it's going to be Braun and partner winning. Yeah, so. I think I think having a partner that doesn't make too much sense makes 
makes the most sense because I think they're going to have the titles for a very short amount of time. Because like you said, I don't think Braun Strowman needs to be involved in the tag team division for very long. No. So clearly whoever he picks are going to break up pretty quickly. And that will probably be parlayed into some kind of short term term feud before you get Braun into that universal title picture where he should have been months ago if you didn't have Brock Lesnar holding the belt hostage for the last year. I think, well, we, talked about, I think we talked about that a few weeks ago. That Yeah, Braun a few probably months been, ago. Yeah, Braun probably would have been crowned months ago if it wasn't for Brock Lesnar holding the title. So he's kind of he's kind of been hurt by that. He couldn't really elevate all the way up the card. Uh, you, you know, he, he's very much destined for the Andre the Giant Undertaker role, that special attraction semi-main. I don't know if Braun needs the title. You, to your point, and I made the point, uh, you know, we, we did talk about it months ago. You know, if Brock Lesnar's not in the equation, you know, Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman is clearly a universal title program, uh, you know, in 2017 Raw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we're all in agreement. Strowman's team's winning. Moving on to the SmackDown title match. Uh, this one, I don't know. The, the winners here, we might get into a decent discussion here because this one is not as obvious, I don't think. Uh, the Usos, who Kyle has declared the greatest tag team in WWE history. I believe you. Didn't you declare him that, Kyle? Yes. And do you know who agrees with me? Who? Paul Heyman. There you go. Well, there you go. You're in good company. Uh, the Usos, the New Day, and the Bludgeon Brothers, who to me have been a bright spot on SmackDown as far as new creations over the last few months. Usos and New Day have been done to death over the last several months, but they did give them some time to breathe um, before putting them back together again after the Benjamin and Gable thing was... Kind of put to rest a lot quicker than I thought it was going to be. Those guys are completely left out here. Uh, I don't know. I don't they know made a minute SmackDown tonight. That's true. They <laughs> were in that thrown together match with AJ and, and Nakamura. Uh, speaking of which, I thought, God, in years past, and this has been the case for all the pay-per-views lately, your go-home shows used to be so good, and I felt like television this week was just pretty mailed in i don't know what you guys felt about raw and smackdown smackdown especially tonight was nothing special i thought it was really effective it, it, it got over the angles yes I, I don't think well the Balor rollins match was great on raw i mean yeah you that, two, that right? was you, good you got a three-hour show but yeah but I, I don't know i mean to me the key is hitting the just hammering people with the angles and in that regard i thought both shows were a success yeah i I guess I don't know. As as far as as standing on their own goes, I, I didn't think there was anything like must see on tonight's SmackDown. I thought no, there no, there wasn't. There wasn't. You had you had uh, Brian and Shane with the hug it out segment at the beginning, which was funny. It wasn't it wasn't anything great. Um, Charlotte and Natalia went actually they had a really long match. They got they got a lot of time. Yeah, I, I, I didn't like that that much. That match. We had more more time than I would have expected, but. Uh, uh, Justin asked me what they did about the tag team, uh, what we're talking about now. Not, yeah. not a lot. There was like a backstage <laughs> segment. Yeah, that it. was bad. That was bad. Yeah. It was like totally rehearsed. I thought it was going to be like a Snickers commercial, to be honest with you. <laughs> it was bad. I, I just, I I hope the New Day don't win. I'm sorry. I used to love the New Day. I just, oh God, this is just, it's, it's getting it's, so bad. 
It's funny when we first started doing this show. Remember, you guys like were like lecturing me about the new day because well, they I was were great the back then. When it, when it was when it was early and fresh, they were really good. But man, it's so tired now. See, it's I'm the complete opposite. Like I when they were doing that unicorn horn shit, <laughs> I was like, come on, dude. Like, look, I'm an open minded guy, but like, <laughs> if you're putting a unicorn he- horn on your head, man, you deserve to get your ass whipped. <laughs> I'm sorry, that is shitty. Like I have enjoyed, I enjoyed New Day in 2017 far more than I did in 2016, despite oh, the fact they were pushed less. I never knew Kyle hated magic so much. That's messed up. <laughs> God, I don't know, man. I just, I, I don't like it at all. I okay. just don't find them funny at all. I think the pancake stuff is terrible. It's so lame. See, see, I didn't find. It's funny because you know. The place to be nation is actually now running a greatest WWE tag teams uh, conversation all time. And there will be a list probably next year. Is this, and is, I, this and I was, is this podcast paying us advertising revenue? No, I just like to talk <laughs> about things. I'm sorry, you know. I just like to, you know. I just no, like I, to I've be, heard it. It's good. It's good. Yeah, I, I just like to be part of the conversation. You know, I like to bring people up. You know, I like to I like to be pod. You know, power of positivity. There you go. Um, and the new day. It's funny. You can make an act that or an argument that it's some points that as a tag team the new day act has been as over as any tag team in the history of the promotion but i wouldn't consider them for number one because i've never really liked the act um you know it, it can be corny i shouldn't say i've never liked it but it can be corny it's it's not my thing I, i've loved the matches with the usos but to your point ryan i'll make you feel good uh, I, I think they're the least likely to win new day i think in the superstar shakeup you probably should do something where you just draft Big E to a different brand. I don't think you need to do a breakup angle with them. There's been a lot of breakup angles over the last year with tag teams. I don't think you need to do like him turning on Xavier and Kofi. I think you just draft him to a different brand, and that's maybe how you break the team up. But love the story of the Usos finally getting on the main show. You know, that I think that was a good storyline for this. Uh, it's it all boils down to how they view the Bludgeon Brothers, though. If this is some, if they're, if this is some, an act they want to ride with, then they're winning. If they don't see much in them, then the Usos are going to retain. Yeah, I I agree with the Usos retaining. I for them going this long without actually having a main card match on WrestleMania, uh, I think this is their moment. If they do eventually want to go with the Bludgeon Brothers. I don't think it needs to happen on this show, especially with a you know a triple threat match, and definitely not the new day. Although I am not near as down on them as you guys, they they are still one of my most um, entertaining acts on oh, no. SmackDown every week. I, I like them now more than I did when you know they were perceived to be at their height. I think they were at their height in about SummerSlam 2016, and I feel like it's been downhill ever since. I I still like them, but I just I just feel like they're not near as entertaining as they used to be. I I just didn't like that whole thing, and we're going to talk about a similar storyline they're doing uh, with the Intercontinental title. But I I got sick of them when they were doing that whole thing of you know such and such days to breaking Demolition's record because it telegraphed the fact that they were going to beat it, and I thought it was just kind of stale and they were just kind of looking for ways to extend the run. And then of course they beat it. And then two days later they lose the titles, mm-hmm. which I, well, I just didn't think that was good storytelling. My unicorn horn has been up the entire new day run. Oh my <laughs> God. <I didn't laughs> have it. Make sure to not sit on your lap at WrestleMania. 
makes me <laughs> sick to my stomach. Oh, oh man. Get horn. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, of all the titled matches, this is probably the most likely to be a, a retaining match where the champion retains. Uh, we'll see about that. I have some other ideas. I know, which one, he's I, I know which one you're thinking of, and I got something to say there, too. But There's two There's two champions that I think are more likely to retain than this one. Than oh, the Usos. really? Okay. I know one for sure, but I'll go with the Usos retaining here. All right, we already talked about the U.S. title match and uh, what we think is going to happen there. So moving along, let's go right to that IC title match, which I'm sure you're going to talk about. And by the way... They are not. They are definitely not paying us advertising revenue. But I was listening to Brian Alvarez on Wrestling Observer Radio, and uh, he was talking about the Miz and how his promo on Monday night was like such a babyface promo, talking about you know the birth oh, of his daughter okay. and everything. Don't okay. Hold, I I didn't hear it, so I I want to hear this. Okay, so he had said that like. He thought it was the best promo The Miz has ever given because Brian felt guilty that he was going to leave his child for four days to go to WrestleMania. It made him feel bad because he was like talking about how great it is to be a father, and we can all relate. He's like, what am I doing? Why, why am I going to New Orleans for four days? I should be staying home. Which I, I, I think obviously the reason he, he did that is because of the reality show and everything. And, and that's going to be like a featured moment on, on the reality show with him and Maurice. Uh, but it, it was kind of a kind of a babyface promo for a guy who's such a, a good heel. He's probably going to use it eventually like in a heel way. But Kyle, go ahead. You obviously Just, have some <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'm going to be made to look like a fool. And if I, if I am, I'll be the first to admit it. I think. When I'm wrong, I, I admit it. it's not very often, so it's good for me. But d- does Brian Alvarez understand the WWE? Oh, God. The Miz. <laughs> my timeline was all over this thing, and <laughs> maybe they're the fools. Maybe I'm a fool. The Miz is obviously cheating to win at WrestleMania. It's all a sucker job, that promo. I... I pretty much knew this was the one you're going to go to as far as retaining because he's close to the record yes they brought it up and you don't bring that up if he's not going to break it and yes he does need time off i would assume he's going to be granted you know wwe equivalent of paternity leave although i think it would be great if he retains and then like cuts a promo the next night you know on ricky steamboat saying hey you know I put this intercontinental title before my children, Ricky. I think that would be incredible. Like I would be the only person who popped about that, but you know, (laughs) so I'm glad you brought that up because you saying that because he brought up the fact that, you know, he's this close to breaking Pedro Morales's intercontinental title, uh, total run. uh, I can't put much stock into that because I mean, Dolph Ziggler brought up like, a week later that he'd never had a singles match at WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, this is know. just, these guys just throw this stuff out there. Yeah, now, however, now, however, they might, they might've just lied to Dolph. <laughs> <laughs> now, however, I do kind of agree that I, I would not be shocked if Miz goes over here because of the babyface promo or ba- I should say babyface commentary on raw this week. Um, and then to go on and break the record, but it's like to, 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 for your argument to be that, like, well, he brought up the records, like, well, I mean, 
he can do that with his 10th intercontinental title run. That doesn't really make any difference. See, I, I see him losing it. Like again, just like the new day did. I see him breaking the record and then losing it right after. And then he'll go on his, like I said, WWE version of paternity leave. And then I see him moving on from the intercontinental title. To be honest, the Miz, you know, it's funny. He talks about, he's the one who made the title prestigious. And I agree with it. He just, um, He's a guy who should be competing for the top title on the brand, quite frankly. And with Balor, and I don't see Rollins winning this. I see Balor as the next Intercontinental Champion. But I see him beating Miz in a one-on-one environment at like a backlash or something like that, quite frankly. Miz retains here. Well, it's funny you said that because I was actually going to go with a Balor title win here. I knew you would. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you got to say, for all the Johnny New Japans out there, as we like yeah. to say on the podcast, this is going to be a hell of a match. This and AJ Nakamura, again, there's something for everyone on this card. Like, if you if you are not excited for WrestleMania, I don't know what to do for you because this is going to be a great match. You got AJ and Nakamura, the the rematch from Wrestle Kingdom uh, two years ago. This is the sleeper match, the Intercontinental. Like, as far as you know, a match beyond the top five. Oh yeah, that could be real. This is, I mean. Rollins and Balor just had a banger on Raw, man. You know, six days out for Mania, they just went balls out. That match was great with all the callbacks to their previous matches. Ooh, that was that was excellent. That was a four star match, man, on free TV. I I don't see Rollins as the Intercontinental Champion, and so no. if they're gonna, if they're going to go with a title switch, I see Finn going over. I think Finn could be a good Intercontinental Champion, um, and this is a good spot to get some gold on him after you know losing the Universal Title. Being gone all that time, coming back, kind of languishing for a while, and and now, now doing better. Um, I, I, but I don't, I, I don't know if I put as much stock into the, into the record thing with the Miz as you do, Kyle. I think he's breaking it, and I do think Finn is the eventual Intercontinental Champion. I just think that you could make that title win more important to Finn Balor if he beats the Miz in a one-on-one environment. And so, another name, a name that I brought up earlier too, and I, I want to bring him his name up again here, Dean Ambrose. I can see Dean be turning heel when he comes back on Seth. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I think there's been they'll have to be careful with that because there's been a few too many, you know, turns recently, and I think there's going to be a big one at WrestleMania too. Uh, but you know, that's something to keep in mind too. That I think a Seth Dean feud is maybe Seth's post Mania destination eventually. Yeah, that makes sense. I I don't know. I think I'm I'm still going with Finn. I feel like you could you could have Finn pin Seth, and then the Miz feels like he never lost, and he should have broke the record. And when he comes back from his paternity leave, uh, that's like the angle he takes. Is he he rightfully should have uh, broke the record, and he's he's coming back to to be. I battered. actually feel. I'll be honest with you. I actually feel like really strongly that the Miz is going to win this match. What do you think, Justin? Uh, this is one of those matches, and I, you know, this is just wrestling in general, but it's all about where it's at in the card and what's happened before it. It's a domino kind of thing. It's like, is it in a place where it's okay for the heel champion to retain? Um, or do you need a babyface victory to pop the crowd or whatever? Uh, my feeling is Finn Balor is going to win it. Um, I, I'm guessing we're going to, we have to get the demon. I would think is his first WrestleMania. Um, 
That's that's where I'm going. I'm going Balor. See, I I'd save that for a one-on-one match like Backlash. I would save. I would not do the Demon here. Actually, I think it gets lost in the shuffle. It's a tough match to call, either way. I'll be surprised. I think probably. Um, all right, women's title. Kyle, you had some thoughts on this one. Nia Jax and Alexa for the Raw Women's Title, and where this one is headed. Uh, we talked about how I think earlier I had said this could maybe be a short match with Nia looking powerful, but I had the sense, Kyle, you think Alexa is going to retain here. Yeah, too soon to do the title change. Okay. I think uh, this story needs to play out because here's the thing: if you have Nia squash Alexa, I'm gonna again the old the old old fo- resident old fogey of the program is gonna bring up like a reference from 30 years ago. But remember when the Ultimate Warrior squashed the Honky Tonk Man at the first SummerSlam? Obviously, that's a rhetorical question. Okay. They did a, a, a you know rematches around the horn, and that dynamic really didn't work because no one bought Honky as having a shot at winning the title back. Like mm-hmm. even if you were you know not a quote unquote smart fan, whatever that means, you know it, there was no reason, there was no justification Honky was going to win the title back. Once Alexa loses to Nia, she's not beating her back for the, She's not going to win the title back. It, that's my read personally. I could be wrong, I guess. But so to me, this is a match that could be short. And I think to be honest, you're probably going to get a fuck finish in this one. If, if you want to be real cute and real funny and make me again, you know, you want to make me laugh, you know, just like the Miz cutting promos on Ricky steamboat about, you know, not giving up his intercontinental title over children. Uh, <laughs> I would have Naya power bomb Alexa Alexa, roll out of the ring, grab someone from the Louisiana State Athletic Commission, and have Nia disqualified. <laughs> the goddamn Louisiana Athletic Commission, which is making these shows so damn complicated, by the way. Hey, grab a hold. Grab a hold. Tell a story. <laughs> if you guys don't know what we're talking about, holy shit. Louisiana has all kinds of regulations on professional wrestling. Apparently, it does not apply to Ring of Honor or WWE because they are deemed big league. Even though, like a lot of the guys, you know, that are going to be working the Ring of Honor show have worked the other promotions like Progress and Rev Pro and, and WWN and whoever else is down there. Um, but uh, apparently, they are stationing a representative at all these indie shows, and there's like this whole list of moves that if if you want to do it. You got to get special permission because they had a guy who got injured really bad. Like he broke his neck or something, I think. Um, yes. God, this was like 15 or 20 years ago. And uh, they had to pay out millions of dollars. So they're like very critical on allowing any dangerous moves at professional wrestling. If so, they do the finish I just suggested, I mean, I will just give the WWE all my money. <laughs> God, I want them to do that. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm completely I'm completely swayed at this point. I do think Alexa is, is going to retain. Like Nia winning is the obvious finish, and we've talked about a lot of title changes on this show. Some people got to retain, and I th- I think Alexa retaining makes sense. Yeah, I just think it's too early. Like this is a program that sort of quote unquote must continue, and it's kind of funny. Uh, as you know, we're shifting to you know both brands being represented on all these pay per views. To me, that kind of hurts this program because it's something you could build up to a semi-main level on a Raw-only pay-per-view, and Nia's title win could be a really big deal. Mm -hmm. 
so that, you know, maybe it's a cynic in me or whatever, you know, could be the first casualty of losing brand only pay-per-views. And, you know, I put air quotes around casualty. It could still very much get over. Mm-hmm. I think they should just do a, a move for move redo of Andre and Hulk in this match. <laughs> Alexa. <laughs> Alexa slam and Nia brother. Yeah. She might be able to, man. She used to be a bodybuilder. I just think that, you know, uh, you always get kind of one DQ or count out finish, even at a WrestleMania. Well, not always, but, you know, if there was an excuse, it, it's going to be something convoluted. And this is a match that should be short when we talked earlier about matches that, you know, the time could be cut. I don't see this match getting a lot of time, unfortunately. It's funny you mentioned. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that how like when Alexa eventually loses, she's not getting her win back because I was thinking about that on Raw, just watching her, and she's been great as women's champion. We've talked a lot about her on the show, um, but like when she loses that title, where does she go? And I worry that she will just kind of like drift away for, for a little they, bit. They I, have they have enough. It's weird because she's essentially been in the the title picture on both brands now for over a year. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. all she's done is be it since she beat Becky Lynch late 2016. All she's done is compete in women's title matches. So, uh, you know, I don't know. And the other X factor, and we'll talk about this name when we get to the Oscar Charlotte match, too, is maybe Carmella gets involved. She's still got that briefcase dangling and maybe she gets the raw title and then Alexa and Naya continue their feud in a non-title situation. That's something else to think about. It's funny that you say that. Cause I, I did just see on Twitter that, um, she has now had the money in the bank briefcase longer than anybody in history. Wow. What if she just forgets to cash it in? What about that storyline? <laughs> like you're like, I'm sorry, your year's up. You can no longer use this. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I I think Alexa retaining though makes sense, and we'll see where they go after that. But you got to I gotta say, man, this woman she has she has played the mean girl role in this feud so well. The whole yes. bully thing with Nia, it's been tremendous. So still one of the best promos in the entire company, Alexa yeah. Bliss. Except that this is your life segment, but they think high to get to your fears. They think high enough of her that uh, she's not going to drift too far down the card. Yeah. All right, Charlotte Asuka. Here we go. I don't think this one will take too long. It should be a great match, uh, but I I don't see anything happening. But Asuka winning the title, Kyle. This does not seem like the right place to break the streak. I mentioned Carmella earlier. I've seen some sharp people on Twitter.com. The Oracle of Wrestling, who's a must-follow, if you like WWE. I know, I'm sorry, I'm not being paid to hype these people. I just think you should become a smarter wrestling fan. That's just my job, I, I feel, here on this podcast, <laughs> to make you a smarter wrestling fan. Oracle of Wrestling, he, he's been big on this theory that Char- that Carmella's going to come into this match, attempt to cash the briefcase, and then take the fall. Thereby so it pre- turns into a triple threat, and she yes, takes the ball. Okay. And, she lo- and she loses. Because here's the thing. She can't 
be the SmackDown Women's Champion. That ship sailed. I mean, to be honest with you, if they were going to do that with her on SmackDown, it needed to be the run, that pointless run that Natty got in the fall when, you know, beating Naomi when Charlotte was hot, or her, I keep saying Charlotte, Carmella was hot when she had Ellsworth. There's no way she's beating either Asuka or Charlotte. There's just no way. Mm-hmm. So that is, I think, a viable scenario. I don't like it, the idea of her cashing in and just take just to protect both Asuka and, you know, the loser of Asuka and Charlotte. But, um, yeah, I'm with you. Asuka's leaving with the title and staying undefeated. Yeah, it makes sense because you do save a little bit with Charlotte versus Asuka, which continues to be a money match then. I don't know. That makes sense. What do you think, Justin? Yeah, I don't... I, I could definitely see it happening. I, I don't think I like it. I mean, this is WrestleMania. I mean, there's... I think Charlotte and Asuka are both... have been both built up so well that... Especially for Charlotte, she can she can eat the loss, and it's not going to really do anything. Um, let them have just a classic match, especially because of people's expectations for this match. I think to have Carmella thrown in there, um, I prefer to see Carmella get drafted over to Raw, and you know, kind of how Kyle alluded to. But um, definitely, this I think there's two matches on this card that are kind of no brainers for the winner and this is one of them it's oscar yeah all right brian and shane Owens i was gonna just say one thing okay the more i the more the more i talk it out the more i well i i don't like the idea of at all of carmella eating the fall in charlotte oscar and being an unsuccessful money in the bank cash in because by the way that would be mean both money in the bank winners would be unsuccessful this year kind of killing the gimmick i do like the idea of her especially at a you know now that you're doing you know, these brands are all together on the major shows of her sneaking and cashing the raw women's title. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a, if they've made a comment that it's only for the SmackDown side or what. But um, as I talk it out, I, I kind of like that idea, especially when you're like, well, what do you do with Alexa then? Well, she does a non-title program with Nia now. Yeah, I just feel like Alexa and Nia, that has to be for the title. Um but uh, I would I would prefer also for Charlotte and Asuka to just be them here and stand alone and Asuka wins the title. Uh, I could see what you, what the guy on Twitter that you were promoting is, is saying, and it makes sense, but uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, Brian and Shane, Owens and Zayn. This one, if Owens and Zayn win, they are reinstated. And uh, Kyle said earlier that this one could not go on last because of how he thinks it's going to finish, which I assume means because Owens and Zayn have to win to be reinstated. Kyle? Well, yeah, I think Shane McMahon's going to turn on Daniel Bryan for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's – I they, they've set it up pretty well. If, if you were – Actually, you know, a lot of people, you know, like to comment on WWE, but don't actually wa- really watch the programs. If you watched that setup, you could kind of see Shane was doing some actually good facial work, <laughs> which you don't always get out of him. He was forgetting his lines, which we all do from time to time. But, uh, you know, you, you could see kind of when they did the hug, he was being insincere on his end. I, I think, and my God, being in that building, is the crowd going to go nuclear if that happens? <laughs> if Shane turns on when he, and I, I don't think it's if, I think it's when. It is going to be a nuclear reaction, and I think that's Daniel Bryan's first feud uh, is Shane McMahon. 
You're right back I, to I Brian cannot, and the authority. I cannot see them. Daniel Bryan's first match back in three years, and they're going to have a little schmoz finish. I I cannot see that happening. I you know maybe you know on Tuesday after, but I I definitely do not see that happening. Real quick before if there's a rebuttal, um, I do have to say that them lucking in to Daniel Bryan coming back and the work they've done on the storyline storyline the last two weeks has really cleaned up a very messy story going back to yes. Kevin Owens headbutting McMahon. It's it, it's made for a great promo and it's and they've really tied up some loose ends that didn't make sense in in a really fantastic way. So you you got to give them props for that. Yeah, and it's funny. Remember I've been critical as anyone of Owens and Zane as lead heels. Kind of funny when you have a really over baby face to play off of how all of a sudden they're a lot better in that role. I thought Sami Zayn's like work on the go home SmackDown tonight was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I, th- I think both of these guys have been just tremendous heels, you know, the past month. Um, Owens has always been a, a great heel, but man, who who would have expected this from Sami Zayn? Yeah. It's incredible. I, I will rebut. I just want to throw this out there before Ryan gives his pick and, and, or, and Justin can rebut this too. Because Ryan alluded to this. There's With the stipulation, there's only one of two scenarios. One is Owens and Zayn lose and they really are fired. That's not happening. Okay. So the other option is, well, they just go to Raw and that's fucking lame. Like, that's just bad. Like, oh, well, they're fired for, oh, well, we're on Raw. I know that they've kind of, you know, it's not above WWE to do that, but that's bad. I, I really think Shane is turning on Daniel Bryan. I really do. Well, I'm going to be the tiebreaker, and I also think that you're going to have Owens and Zayn win here. And I see the turn, too. I, I, could, I could see him holding off the turn as well, but at the same time, how, how does Bryan lose here without someone turning on him? You know, he can take the fall if it's a three versus one situation. Well, see, it's interesting because Justin, I completely agree with what he said about how Daniel Bryan, his return very much ties up a lot of, you know, quite frankly, poor week to week storytelling by the SmackDown side in this angle. But you have to be careful because it would make zero sense for Shane to be aligned with Owens and Zane. That makes no sense. I mean, none. So it's got to be something very personal with Shane, why he would turn on Daniel Bryan, kind of like, oh, I was attacked and no one gave a damn about me. You all forgot about me and just started cheering for Daniel Bryan's return. It's got to be something like that. Mm -hmm. Well, both of you are going to be feeling very silly when we're all doing the yes chant at the end of this match after Brian and McMahon <laughs> oh, went clean over Owens and Zane. I, oof, I, I, I look, uh, I love, I'm buying first thing I do when I get to that superstore is buying a, the new Daniel Bryan t-shirt. But uh, no, I, and you know, people, it, it's so funny, the booking of Daniel Bryan, people just want him to do those dream matches right off the bat. Like, fuck it, man. Let's have him, you know, work the winner of AJ and knock him on raw the next night. Hold your horses. People. How's your territory doing? Can we can we just talk about Brian's merchandise for a second? So, are are is that are you serious? Is that actually going to be your first purchase at the superstore? By the way, no, it's going to be the fucking unicorn. 
<laughs> because Justin was on our Twitter account at Top Rope Pod tweeting about this day after day. It was like the Brian merch watch. WWE is usually so great with their merchandising and getting stuff out there. I could not believe that Brian announces his return, and day after day, they did not strike when the iron was hot. You had no Brian merchandise out there for like. Yeah, was it like a shirt. week? That shirt came know. out like it was like a week after he came back, though. It was it was a while. Like you would have thought it would have went up that night. For Christ's sakes, they had Ronda Rousey shirts up the same night. Well, I mean, for fuck's sake, Doctor Joseph Maroon ain't in the merchandising department. Give him a break. <laughs> I'm just like shot. They could have even just put up some of his old gear that they had taken down like a year ago. You know, like I I talked about with somebody that uh, the Brian Yes shirt, where it looks like the the Che shirt. You know, um, they had like the yes, yes, yes shirt that uh, is not the greatest T-shirt in the world. But they had that one up. But that was it. That was like the only Brian shirt for like the next week after. And they had there's all kinds of old Brian merchandise. He could have just brought back just to sell while the iron was hot. But I I was shocked. He's going to sell a lot of merch this weekend. I'm going to get that follow your dreams shirt. How inspiring. I didn't think uh, Kyle Ross was a a merch kind of guy. You know, to be honest with you, I just need some extra large T-shirts at this point. Who, baby? This f- <laughs> Kyle, actually, was it, did we talk about this one time, Kyle? And you, you mentioned you barely had any professional wrestling T-shirts. And you said, I might be confusing you with, with someone else. Didn't you say you had like the NWO like six ball? Sure. Yeah, I, yeah, the NWO six pack shirt <laughs> I have. Oh, and uh, anyone who listened to our Liam interview last week, I couldn't remember which year Pillman show I went to was 01 because I found the t shirt actually uh, in my closet. Oh, nice. I have that. Yeah, but uh, no, nah, man, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get. I, but yeah, fatherhood and foot surgery have. <laughs> oh boy, I, I'm afraid to get on that scale again. Hey, yo, I'm not a. <laughs> I will not be the first contender for uh, the Mustafa Ali Cedric Alexander uh, winner. I'll tell you that much. I am. I am no longer eligible to appear uh, on 205 Live. <laughs> well, I do buy a lot of merchandise. I buy a lot, Kyle, from your home state. Homage and their, uh, or homage, I should say, and their uh, WWE collection. The retro oh, shirts you- are pretty awesome. I, I have a four horseman one, yeah. Yeah. I have that shirt as doesn't, well. Doesn't fit anymore, but fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well maybe we'll we'll find you at the uh WWE WrestleMania superstore, Kyle. We we'll probably have to check that out, Justin. Yeah, I'll be wearing I'll be wearing the horseman belly shirt like I played for the Miami Hurricanes in nineteen eighty five. You'd be looking like the blue meanie with the BWO shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> like a dick. <laughs> oh god all right uh let's see i guess we'll 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 do the two title matches last we already kind of kind of talked about them but rousey and angle steph and triple h we kind of talked about this earlier too but uh we didn't pick winners so uh anyone want to jump off you want me to go first uh ronda rousey has been very very bad she's been very bad that that's been my biggest takeaway is that I don't know why they keep giving her all these lines and she just keeps flubbing all of them. I mean, obviously, you know, Angle and Rousey are going over, but uh, I why they didn't learn their lesson with Roman Reigns as far as like making him say stuff. 
with Ronda Rousey. I, I, I just don't get it. it. It's, but that's who's going over. I don't think the Reigns comparison is an apt one. Reigns they gave bad lines to. Ronda is struggling with her delivery. And the reason for that is very simple. She's new at doing this. Like, it's just, I think people are grading her on a ridiculously unfair curve. Bruce, hey, I'm just going to just be a huge whore and just like parrot other people's opinions and give them credit. I've decided now it's a lot easier than coming up with your own takes. Uh, Bruce Mitchell, very, who's, you know, been doing this for a minute. He summed it up best with a tweet after that segment on Raw. You know, people are going to psychoanalyze Ronda Rousey's performances to death. But look, man, it's a big deal. It matters. And yeah, she's going over regardless of what you think she's done. The key is, are they, I assume they're going to continue this Rousey-Stephanie feud. If you hear, if you read the dirt sheets, the whole goal of this is kind of to make this the female, you know, Vince Austin dynamic. Now, personally, once Ronda starts working with the quote-unquote full-time women, I think her destiny is a being a heel. I think she's a natural heel. I think that's another reason she struggled with the lines. She's trying to be a, ba- a likable babyface, and I'm not sure if that's her, <laughs> particularly if you saw those ESPN interviews. I don't know if it's her. <laughs> but yeah. So I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what Rhonda's next move is. Are they just going to throw her into the women's division or is this going to be, well, she's, you know, kind of a part-timer feuding with Stephanie triple H, I guess could always eat the fall too. Yeah, that that's a good point right there because I've seen a lot of different finishes floated here, like uh Rousey arm barring triple H or um, Rousey gets Steph in, a, in the submission and Angle has Triple H in the submission simultaneously. And so Triple H taps so Stephanie doesn't have to. They could go like a lot of different ways here. Uh, I think Rousey and Angles is the obvious finish, but I'm not sure what they're going to go with. That'll be intriguing. I liked the choke that Rousey did, by the way, on Triple H. That, that came across really well, I thought. Right yeah. before Stephanie, you know, gave her ah the choke slam through the table, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I thought that was actually pretty well done. Yeah, I, I do uh, think un- she'll be great as a heel too. I I do think the unfortunately baby face she, forced. Unfortunately, she wants to rip off the arm of the woman that signs her checks. <laughs> I thought that was a good line. I thought it was a good she line, it, but. A- yeah, the delivery wasn't it took, great though. It, it took her two minutes to deliver it. But. Yeah, the delivery wasn't great. It was a good line though. Whoever wrote it. Shout out Connecticut. Whoever wrote it. Um, but yeah, I think we're all in agreement on the winner. How they get there, we're not exactly sure. Uh, Styles Nakamura. All right. Well, wait a minute. Before we get to, are, are we going to actually? Get, we didn't really give picks on Cena Undertaker. I remember that started this whole thing. Then J- Justin got cold feet after the when it came to time to make a pick, and we never really gave a pick for that. I think I think Undertaker has to win. Um, based on how last year went and Cena's leaving. I think Cena's going to be gone for the majority of this year. And so it makes all the sense in the world for him to lose to The Undertaker in his return. This is is the weirdest one of all time because Undertaker's an old school guy. 
go out on your back, which is what we thought happened last year. Cena is obviously going into a part-time role. So do they both just finger point of doom each other? I, I, I don't know. I, I'm leaning towards uh, Undertaker going out on top. I mean, I guess if there's any wrestler who's ever deserved it, it's him. Ryan, the way he broke it down, I, I kind of you can't have the Undertaker show up and lose. I think that would be odd. It's kind of like the mystery partner dynamic we talked about with Braun in the tag title match. Usually, if you if you kind of show up in the moment, you win in a kayfabe sense. It it works because you know you're catching your opponent theoretically off guard. And Cena also has been able to stand out and carry the program throughout with his mic work. So he's fine. I mean, you know, if this was a young and upcomer, I would be really kind of irritated that the undertaker beat him would beat him. But that's not the case here. John Cena can eat the loss. It's fine. I think the undertaker is going to win. Yeah. I got to say, by the way, this blockers movie that he's promoting, I got to (laughs) say that that may be the best John Cena film of all time. I am excited to, I am very excited to see it. Is that the father in you speaking now? I mean, I, we're all fathers now. I mean, it, 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 does John Cena finally speak our language? I don't know. I don't know. It looks hilarious. Yeah. I mean, the whole the whole thing with him, you know, <laughs> with the beer bong and IPAs and stuff. Uh, I don't know. It speaks to me, I guess. Yeah. I think that's the the, the fathers of daughters speaking yeah. to you. Yes. yes. Exactly. Oh, and, and do you guys get it? There's a cock in front of the blockers. <laughs> I think it's funny how John's like trying to not promote it to the younger fans, but like, how can you not? He's got to mention it, and people are going to be seeing that on Twitter. But like, it's it's kind of awkward seeing him promote that as as the hero to all the kids. Yeah. Um. All right. So yeah, I think Taker's got to win just because he lost last year. How do you not? John's leaving. All right. So we went through that. Styles Nakamura. <laughs> Would it not be horrible if he showed up and then lost? Like after all the people, it would be terrible. So... You can't. Yeah. You cannot do that. Although, if it is the American badass Taker, I would not be opposed to him losing because that version of the Undertaker sucks, regardless of what any of you listeners think. Oh, Amen. I agree. No, squash him. My least favorite period of Undertaker by far. Absolutely terrible, and that's not just because Kid Rock is a terrible human being. By the way, <laughs> by the way, Kid Rock that that was like the only his theme song for a very small part. It was mostly Limp Bizkit, who is not my favorite band either. But uh, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I just hated it. Like growing up watching the Undertaker with the entrance and the Mystique and everything. Like, good God, what a letdown that character was for those years. He was doing that. It's just like. Some guy riding a bike out wearing a bandana, nothing special about him. I I don't know. All right, guys, stop stop trashing my favorite bands. We need to get back to the matches. (laughs) You're right. Keep on rolling, baby. (laughs) So Styles Nakamura should tear the house down. I hope they give him a ton of time. The only time I went to WrestleMania, I mean, looking back, it was a pretty good show, 22, but... Man, that triple threat with Mysterio and Angle and Orton, it was such a brief match. I want to say like 10 minutes or less. And I wanted that match to get so much more time, and that really kind of brought the show down for me. If Styles Nakamura doesn't get a lot of time here, I know we mentioned earlier that you don't have to have a lot of time to ha- to have a great match, but this one needs, needs some ample time, I think, the way these guys work. And 
If you haven't seen their match from 2016 at Wrestle Kingdom, you, you have to watch it before you oh. see this one. No, and, sorry, well, go ahead. No, it's were you going to say it's the free match of the week? On yeah, New you Japan can see on World. YouTube. Anyone, yeah, yeah anyone, YouTube or anyone should watch. World. Yes. Yeah. Actually, what I was going to say was, don't watch it because I I think that's building up an expectation that a WWE match cannot live up to. I mm-hmm. I think oh, I, I disagree. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like the the difference in styles? Yeah, I think they can surpass it. If given time. Wow. I'm shocked. Because there's no way that they let them. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, there's different ways to have great matches. It's not going to be the same match. But God, it was a great match. I mean, that, to me, that was the best match of 2016 in a year that had tons of great matches. Uh, but I, I don't see any reason they can't. There's been multiple match of the years in WWE. I mean, John Cena and AJ Styles, whether Owen wants to admit it or not, at the Royal Rumble last year, worked a New Japan-style match. Yeah. It, light? I mean... It, eh, I don't know. What, what does that mean? I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, at the same time, you know, the, the, you know, you look at these... You know, I, I actually had a conversation with some guys... Um, the guys that I'm going to the, the mania with today, you know, when they when they show the pictures of Osprey, you know, Gato's got to tell these guys self mutilation ain't in your best interest, you know, whether it's Osprey or you know, I, I just rewatched the Okada Shibata match from last year, and you know, I mean, it's hard to view the match in the same light. Although you know, there's been some positive reports in the last 24 hours with Shibata, but you know, the whole thing, you know, where you know, the doing shoot headbutts, man. Okay, fine. It might be cool in the moment, but it's pretty fucking stupid in retrospect. Mm-hmm. And like, it's not like it's not worth it. And truth be told, did not add to the Like the fact that he shot, he shoot headbutted him. That should have been just fine. If he didn't do that spot. Been no different. Yeah. I see, I see what Justin's saying about having the expectations. That was such a blow away match two years ago. And you watch that first and then you feel like you might be let down by this one. I guess I like having the historical perspective on what they've done before. And you can watch it for free right now. Um, it is a great match. It gives you the full story about, about what these guys have done in the past. I mean, they've, they've acknowledged the match on WWE TV. So for anyone curious that hasn't seen it, it's good to watch. It is going to be a different match, but God, either that or the IC title match. That should be the match of the night, I would think. If this is anything but the match of the night, it will be viewed as a disappointment. So I've been on this program many times and been staunch that the point of pro wrestling is not necessarily to have this blow-away match. It is to tell a story. Now, in the modern sense, usually good matches tell good stories usually the pressure is on these guys though particularly nakamura who has not had a great match on the main roster at all and people can blame wwe all they want but he's been lazy at times shinsuke nakamura has to have a blow away performance in this spot he has to that that actually needs to be the goal he needs to go out there and show people why he was so heavily hyped anything but, and this match is going to be considered a huge disappointment. And look, I, I, 
it's a tough spot for these two because the whole premise of this is that it is this dream match that's going to be the best match of the night. You know, I remember, uh, you know, Shawn Michaels, Mr. Perfect going into SummerSlam 93. They're like, this will be the greatest Intercontinental Championship match of all time. And, you know, you look at the names, you're like, okay, yeah, I could see that. Wasn't even a good match. Forget about the greatest Intercontinental title match of all time. Wasn't even good. Now, I don't think that's going to happen here. But the pressure is on. I mean, these guys, it believe it or not, and I don't say this often, it is more important that they have a good match as opposed to who wins here. Oh, I, I 100% agree. 100% agree. Yeah. I find it pretty hard to pick a winner here, actually. This is one of the toughest matches to predict a winner, in my opinion. Uh, see, I think Nakamura has to go over. I shouldn't say has to. But if he doesn't go over, it speaks volumes about his standing in the company, I think. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of worried about his staying in the company. That's why I'm not, I am yeah, not he, solid he on Royal, picking him. He won the, for all the poo-pooing, again, yeah. he won the Royal Rumble. Yeah. That's a pretty coveted spot. Mm-hmm. So, I and... Here's the other X factor. AJ's hurt, apparently. I we don't know how much he's hurt, but you know, considering that Nakamura needs this win and AJ might not be 100%, it might need to take some time off. It makes all the sense in the world to have Nakamura win here. Though AJ did work a lot on SmackDown tonight. He did. He did. And he may not be, but you know, I mean, look, he, he was hurt going into the first Nakamura match. It's true. That is true. And he was at the Rumble just a few weeks later. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I On the surface, I would think Nakamura would win. I, I agree his time on the main roster has been less than stellar. Some of it's on him. Some of it's on the booking. I, I've said it on the program before. I don't get why they script him in all these weird talking segments when the guy's English is not the easiest to understand. I just don't think that does much for the audience getting behind him. I don't think he needs to be talking on the microphone. I think it just it's just kind of awkward for the viewer. Um, and like I've said before, he's so charismatic just in his actions. He doesn't need to be doing promos like in the WWE sense. Um, best case scenario is Nakamura wins. Like Kyle said, if he doesn't win, I think it does speak volumes to where he's headed. Justin, who do you got winning? Nakamura. Okay. Okay, so that brings us to the match that some of you love and some of you hate. Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. I was pretty shocked at how they talked about Brock going back to UFC on Raw. Speaking of the go-home television, I mean, they basically said if he loses here he's going back to ufc so i guess that means before yeah i mean but the the surprising thing was that Heyman said he's going with it because i would think Heyman would be transitioned to being with somebody else but he said he's going with them and so if that happens i guess brock's serving his what is it six month suspension before he can fight again uh geez there's no way roman reigns doesn't win this match I don't know if anyone has any deep thoughts on no. it, but they've been building this <laughs> up for three years. So this is the you know I, I when Justin earlier I'm interested I, I can only assume not going to put words in his mouth so I'll just throw it to him. when he said there are two matches where the picking the winner is completely obvious. I assume this is the second match he was referring to. There mm-hmm. is absolutely zero justification for Brock Lesnar winning this match. None. This is the most slam dunk pick 
ever. And it's the correct call, too, okay? The people who don't like Roman Reigns, it's the correct call. It's not just because we have to pick and that's who's going to win. It is the correct call. Roman Reigns all day. It, it, it's had a good build. The biggest problem they've had is Roman Reigns saying Brock Lesnar is Vince's boy. If they could have just gotten away from that, because obviously Roman Reigns is Vince's boy. Oh, okay. If they, if they could have just gotten away from that, or at least worded it differently, I think the buildup to this match has been just effing terrific. Yes. People need to realize something, and, and I groaned at that, not to be a dick. Well, maybe I to be a dick, but... People realize in 1998, even though Vince McMahon was feuding with Steve Austin, that Steve Austin was Vince McMahon's boy. Like, people understand that, right? I hope. Like, the idea that, like, Vince really didn't like the way Steve was dressing and acting in 1998. Like, people don't, like, really think that's true, right? I would hope like, not. So, okay, we're, so, so, we're in a so, little bit more meta stage than we were back then. Yeah, though. but I know, but like the thing that like, oh, well, you know, he's Vince's boy. So like, you know, okay, I get that like, or I get that the irony of Roman making that statement is there, but there is something to the fact that Brock is, you know, arguably during this run, maybe inarguably, the most protected guy they've ever had since Hogan in terms of doesn't do jobs you know uh, works a, a a very friendly schedule you know is never made to look weak even so I mean there was something to that yes Roman Reigns is probably the second most protected guy in the promotion but I was not as offended by that line as, as others were like it, I, I I totally agree with you. It was just the way he worded it. I, I think there's another way he could have gone about it to say the same thing without saying boy. Yeah, they're just trying to manipulate the audience. And in some regards, it worked. If you watch that go home segment on Raw, people were cheering for when when the the old Red Sea parted of full timers and let Roman walk. The crowd was buying into Roman. That was a point I wanted to raise is they've built this match so well because they actually got the crowd to cheer Roman Reigns. Like you didn't hear the 50-50 response. They did completely get behind him. So they have successfully turned people on on Brock and got behind Roman. Now I know that where the, where were they? Atlanta on Monday isn't really known as like it's not like a Philadelphia, for example, where it'd be really really hard to get people on the Roman Reigns bandwagon, but man, that cra- for, to my ears, the whole crowd was behind Roman at that point on the show. And look, the whole crowd's not going to be behind him at Mania. No. It just won't. <laughs> no. it, it, Hardcore it, audience, yeah. But, you know, and I could make Ryan Droste's freaking head explode if I introduced LeBron James, Michael Jordan comparisons to this discussion. Oh, so I'm not going to do that. So I'm not going <laughs> to do it. The idea of anything being universally liked, I mean, Daniel Bryan's probably the closest they've got right now. But even he, I mean, you, you talked about it on the Twitter feed. You know, like there was like people going, no, no, no. Remember we did that show? You're like, who should Shane's partner be? And we were, when we were talking, it was going to be Brian. By the way, we were ahead of the curve on that one. You know, people, there were people against that. You know, I just think that the curve Roman is graded against is unfair. And he's never 
ever going to be universally liked. And yeah, there's an argument made that he should be a heel. You know, I, I think he would be, he's a more natural heel than John Cena is. I'll be right there, but you need a baby face opposite him. And that's the problem. They, they, they don't feel that they have someone else to put in his position if they do turn him heel. So yeah, the crowd, go ahead. I was just going to say that, which is ridiculous because they have Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Braun Strowman, all sitting right there for baby face competitors. The the first two, no way, not for what they're doing. They're not going to build those guys as, as the top baby face in the company. No way. Well, your face is no way. (laughs) <laughs> no, you and this Finn Balor, they're not going to build. They're not going to build the promote. Vince McMahon is not building his promotion around Finn Balor. It's just not going to happen. Well, they'd be a few years late, uh, obviously, from like Philadelphia and the Rumble. But uh, face Brian and a heel Roman. It's yes, like the Daniel, money match. Yes, da- Daniel Bryan. It, it, that that it, now that is accurate. I, I believe Daniel Bryan is a guy you can slide into that position, but they're going to take it slow with him. Yeah. And they should. So Roman, by the way, Roman winning and Roman winning. Yes. People talk about great matches. You know, people talk about, you know, again, see, you know, uh, I like to tell the truth on this program. People talk about AJ and Nakamura, (laughs) you know, having to live up to this standard. Uh, But last time I checked and go rewatch this match, sports fans and tell me I'm wrong. Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns had a top 10 WrestleMania match of all time at WrestleMania 31. So oh, there's a statement. Of all time, top 10? It's in my top 10, baby. Oh, I agree with him there. Whew. I don't know if I'd go that high. <laughs> it was a good match. It was a really good so match. I just watched it, and I was like, okay. I remember, you know, Because there's a lot of people on Twitter who love it. I'm like, okay, it was really good, but I'm like, is it better than you know this match? Is it better than like Michael's angle from WrestleMania 21? Uh-huh, it is. Is it better? I liked it better than Michael's Taker from 26. 26. Yeah, 25 is the better match there. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I would put it right on the same level. Like the matches that I was struggling, like, okay, which ones do I like better? Were Flair Savage from WrestleMania 8 and the three way from WrestleMania 20, which I know, and I, I will not fault you, the listener, if you want nothing to do with that match, obviously, anymore. But. You know, I, I put it on. It's one of the best cl- WrestleMania closers of all time. Probably Austin Rock is the only one that's definitively better. Which one? 17. Parker. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 15. 15 was a, a bit of a letdown. Yes. It was, it was okay for that. Fuck that show, WrestleMania 15. Fucking Vince Russo. What a letdown. Some... Especially at, the, you know, how hot the company was at the time. My God, 15 was a letdown. That show sucked. It was one of the worst WrestleMania. I have a buddy who like gets so mad at me when I like just shit all over 1999 WWE. Like to me, <laughs> it's funny. Like, okay, my nadir of following the company was 09 to like 12. But man, there is no year that I would I want as little to do with as 1999. I don't care what the ratings were. That year, in, in retrospect, oh, that programming was not good. Yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll have to go back and watch that match from three years ago again. But on the surface, I can't imagine it makes my top ten. I guess I would have to. Get, I'd have to go down the list and, and count off how many. I'm just thinking off the top of my head: Savage Steamboat, 
Um, yep. Savage Warrior. Actually, I like yes. more than that. Uh, yes, I agree with that. Yes. Flair Savage. I would say... Uh, it's close, but I gave the slight nod to Roman Brock. I'd say Brett Owen from 10. I like more. Yep. Um, yep. Probably... You know, ladder match from 10 hasn't aged as well, but at the time it was so mind-blowing that I still would have to give that one the nod. I would give you that, yes. I know a lot of people rag on it, but I, I really like the Iron Man match on 12. Oh, no, no, no. I do. I really <laughs> like the match. Uh, Brett Austin. Yes, obviously. Oh, God. Greatest match of all time. 14 mm-hmm. and, then, and 15. I probably don't have anything I'd put ahead of it. Or 16. No, I was going to say, I will sign off on this podcast if you say anything <laughs> from WrestleMania 14 or 15 is better than that match. Yeah. Come on now. Austin Rock. Yes, from 17. Um, 18. It's not a better match, Austin and Hogan. It's, I mean... Cody Rhodes was just talking about it on Twitter. Like yeah. he thinks that's the greatest match of all time. Don't get me started. <laughs> that was that was a really dumb statement. Yeah. Although although he then made for it, uh, made up for it immediately the next day by absolutely fucking burying Glenn Gilberti, your boy. Yeah, that's true. That that was great. <laughs> I I definitely. I'm sorry. I'm going to put Jericho Michaels ahead of it. Mm, I can't. And I'm also going to put Michaels and Angle ahead of it. I don't know if I'm at ten yet. But watch it. Watch it. You, you are. I, I will watch, watch it again. I will watch. Yeah, it again. Wa- watch. Watch Michael because I did. I watched Michael's angle and Brock Roman back to back. And I, I was like. I came away with that. It was actually I mean, it wasn't like a, a blow away comparison, but, you know, I was like, no, Brock and Roman's better. Well, my eyes might be open, so I will watch. I don't think I've watched it since the time. I might have watched it twice at the time. I haven't watched it since, so I'll watch it again, and we can discuss it over beers on Bourbon oh, Street. Oh, yeah. How does that sound? Sounds great. And, of course, you know, I, the Seth Rollins cash-in is always sort of like the X factor in evaluating that match, depending yeah, on how you feel about that. that was ending, yeah. Okay, well... The only other thing I wanted to discuss on the show, because WrestleMania always has them, so as we end the broadcast tonight, is what do we think about surprise appearances? We've already talked about The Rock. I I do think The Rock is going to be there. Um, but do we see anyone else making a surprise appearance? Anyone you guys want to throw out? I got nothing. I mean, some of the names we did throw, I mean, like, you know, I think... Big Cass, Dean Ambrose, Samoa Joe are all possibilities. And obviously, I mean, we literally are being promised a surprise in the form of Braun Strowman's partner. Yeah. So no Hogan, brother. No. <laughs> oh, hope not. Uh, no Hogan unless at the Silver out, Dome? Uh, unless Hogan comes out and uh, helps Orton win. <laughs> What if what if Mark Henry slams him and says, I got one more match in me, brother? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any closing thoughts, guys, before we take this thing home and get ready to converge in New Orleans? Get get the bleep button ready. I can't fucking wait to have a beer with you guys at WrestleMania. Hell yeah. Hell it's gonna yeah. Be, it's going to be a hoot, man. I'm, I'm fired up. Indie shows galore. Four shows in three days. I'm ready. It's going to go fast, guys. Looking forward to it. All right. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the WrestleMania preview show. We'll be back with you next week. I don't know. Maybe we'll have an impromptu recording at some point in New Orleans. It will not be the whole broadcast, but how can we all get together and not record at least a couple minutes? So we'll throw that in. 
um, at some point during next week's show when we are all back from WrestleMania weekend. So we will join you at some point during the middle of the week next week. Enjoy WrestleMania, and we'll talk to you next time. Peace.